Hello, and thank you for joining us today. I'm Laura Evans, and you are listening to Hope for the Hurting. Our mission is simple. We want to provide hope and help to those who are hurting, lost, lonely, and in despair. My background is in broadcasting and radio, and I'm joined by my dad, Dr. Irv Wolf, who, in addition to being a pastor for over 30 years, has a background in marriage and family therapy. Dr. Irv has authored two books, and he's the director of Hopewell Counseling in Minnesota, where he and my mom counsel individuals and couples. And today, we continue this New Year's series on who is Jesus Christ. It has been powerful. And today's focus is the millennial reign of Jesus, which is awesome and exciting. And I can't wait. I don't know if you're like me, but when I see what's going on in the world today and I read the news headlines, it just is so disheartening because you feel like these people are getting away with all this wickedness and wrongdoing. But that is going to come to a screeching halt when Jesus returns. We can take uh, solace in that knowing that they will have their day of reckoning and this won't last forever. In the meantime, we need to shine brightly for Jesus because he's not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. So I'm excited about this podcast, as you can tell, and I'm just going to open us up in prayer and then we will dig right into it. Dear Heavenly Father, I just thank you so much that the day of reckoning is coming, that Jesus will be returning, that it could happen at any minute. Thank you that you promise us that if we have accepted Jesus as our savior, that we are secure, that our eternity is with you, that we will be the bride in the wedding chambers as um, the wrath of God rains down on the wicked. And God, we just, we long for that day because it's so disheartening to see what's happening in our world and to watch them get away with literally murder. And God, so I just pray that you would encourage everyone today to know that that is not the end of the story, your return is the end. Your return, you will reign, you will bring justice. And God, we look forward to that. I just pray that this podcast encourages our listeners and that they would just walk away from this um, just encouraged and also wanting to share the good news about Jesus to those who are lost in their family and their friend group. And I just pray all these things in Jesus name. Amen. Powerful prayer, Lo. Thank Thank you you. for praying that. This is where Jesus returns as the King of Kings with his angelic armies. We talked about uh, a little about um, the the rapture and now the return of Christ. Uh, He wages war against those who've received the mark of the beast uh, and the beast, which is the Antichrist and the Mm -hmm. false prophet at the Battle of Armageddon. So the Battle of Armageddon uh, has taken place. Jesus defeats the army of the beast. The beast and the false prophet are immediately thrown into Gehenna, which is the lake of fire. But Armageddon is not the final battle. We know that after the millennium, a thousand years, Mm -hmm. Satan comes back to try it again. Right. Unbelievable. It's a little dense, isn't he? Yeah, I guess. I mean, (laughs) he really thinks he can take his last stand and take over the earth. Mm -hmm. After Christ and his armies win the battle of Armageddon, the devil is captured. And he's imprisoned in a pit. And I don't know where that pit is. Some have said it's the center of the earth. But he's in a pit for a thousand years. That's the millennium. Mm -hmm. So there's no devil on earth to tempt anybody. Mm, How awesome that would be. Yes. Uh, Christ rules with his saints over all the earth. And as we shall see, Christ the victorious general leads his army. Uh, After Armageddon, he leads his army through the golden gate of Jerusalem. Mm to take the throne in the temple. Uh, we could spend a whole podcast on the temple, right? but uh, we'll keep going. <laughs> and we're going to look briefly at his rule for a thousand years. Right. What will we, his people be doing? Yeah. How will we live for a thousand years? Mm-hmm. And what will his reign be like? 
Well, let me let me let me back up just a little bit and talk about him coming into Jerusalem through the Golden Gate. The Bible indicates that Jesus will enter Jerusalem through the Golden Gate, which is the eastern gate in the walls surrounding Jerusalem. Well, here's what a Wikipedia article says about the Golden Gate. It's really good. It says the Golden Gate or the Gate of Mercy is the only eastern gate of the Temple Mount and one of only two gates of the old city of Jerusalem that used to offer access into the city from the east side. Mm. That gate has been sealed since the Middle Ages. Mm. Its interior can be accessed from the Temple Mount. Now listen to this. In Jewish tradition, the Messiah will enter Jerusalem through this gate. So even Jews believe this. And he will come from the Mount of Olives, which is what we believe. Mm -hmm. Christians and Muslims generally believe that this was the gate through which Jesus entered Jerusalem. Mm, The Eastern Gate. The Eastern Gate. Yeah. And that gate, the Eastern Gate, is also known as the Shushan Gate. Mm. Uh, It was not used by masses to enter the Temple Mount. It was reserved only for the high priest and all those who aided him when he was taking out the red heifer or the scapegoat on Yom Kippur. Mm. Um, without giving you all the background on that, it's it's a very special gate. Yeah. And, and it's it called faces- the Shushan Gate. So the next time you're at a dinner party, you can wow people with your knowledge of <laughs> Jerusalem, the Shushan Gate. It's the Shushan Gate. And no one but the Messiah will enter or open the Shushan Gate or the Golden Gate, for it's sealed, Mm. and it remains sealed until he enters, following his victory at the Battle of Armageddon. Oh, do we long for that day? Yeah, I've seen pictures of this gate, the Golden Gate, and yeah, it's all blocked up with uh, stones and uh, uh, cement, so there's nobody going through it. It reminds me of the Garden of Eden, when um, the entrance to the Garden of Eden was blocked off. Yeah. Yep. Is there any there is, correlation? I don't know that there's a correlation, but I do know that you're right. Both gates were blocked and sealed and nobody could go back that way. Right. Right. Interesting. Well, so what will we, his people, be doing? Mm-hmm. So here's some thoughts. First of all, we'll be ruling. We won't be, but but the disciples will be ruling Israel. Mm. Peter asked Jesus a very telling question. He asked Behold, we've left everything and we followed you. Well, what there will be for what then will there be for us? Mm-hmm. In other words, what do we get out of this deal for right. following you for What's these in three it for years? Me? <laughs> yes. So human, right? Yeah. Listen to Jesus' answer to all the disciples, not just Peter. Truly I say to you, you who have followed me in the regeneration. In other words, when you get your new bodies. When the Son of Man will sit on his glorious throne, you also shall sit on 12 thrones, Mm. judging the 12 tribes of Israel. Wow. So based on that answer, the 12 disciples would be ruling and judging the nation of Israel in the millennium. Israel is the apple of God's eye. They are his special people. Yep, absolutely. Can I ask you a side question? Yep. Why does the Bible refer to Jesus as the Son of Man? And also the son of God. Yeah, he's he usually refers to himself as the son of man uh, because he's the he's the second Adam. Mm. He's the greater Adam. Mm-hmm. And he's identifying 
with people. He's identifying with mankind while he's here in the flesh on the earth. So son so, of man speaks to his humanity. Son of God yeah. speaks to his deity. His, yes, his divinity. Yep. Mm. Yep. Okay. Number two is what will we be doing? We'll be reigning with Christ and ruling the nations. Mm. Uh, the apostle Paul says, if we endure, we shall reign with him. In 2 Timothy 2.12. Revelation 20 verse 4 is really interesting. John in his vision of the end times says, I saw thrones and they sat upon them. Judgment was given to them. Mm. I saw the souls of those who had been beheaded mm. because of the testimony of Jesus and because of the word of God and those who hadn't worshipped the beast or his image, hadn't received the mark upon their forehead or upon their hand. They came to life. Mm -hmm. They reigned with Christ for a thousand years. So martyrs who were killed during the Great Tribulation come back to life and they get to reign with Christ mm -hmm. in the millennium. And then Revelation 5.10 says, Thou hast made them to be a kingdom and priests to our God and they'll reign upon the earth. Okay, question, because I'm thinking somebody out there is probably wondering about this. The martyrs yep. during the Great Tribulation are those who are not believers right now. They become believers during the Tribulation, correct? That is, that is absolutely correct. Okay. Yeah, because you've got, remember in Revelation 7 and in Revelation 14, you've got 144,000 Jewish evangelists mm -hmm. going all over the earth, seeking converts, seeking people who will, will accept Christ. Right. So these are people who come out of the Great Tribulation having received Christ. And they are on fire, fire for Jesus. They, they are on fire, but they go up against the Antichrist and the false prophet. They don't receive the mark and they don't receive, you know, they, they can't buy or sell. They don't receive 666. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And so a lot of them are beheaded. Mm -hmm. They're caught, they're imprisoned, and then they're beheaded. Right. And as you've talked about in a previous podcast, the rapture, you believe, and I believe with you, and there's a lot of um, scriptural references to back it up. The rapture happens before the tribulation takes place because there's a lot of prominent preachers who preach mid-trib or post-trib, but that would be inconsistent with God's word because he refers to us as the bride of Christ. Why would he, as you said in this passage, beat up and behead his bride before returning to rescue her? Absolutely. He's going to take her out and put her in a place of safety, the wedding chamber, before he goes back to judge the earth. Yes. Yeah, you're absolutely right. It, 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 it doesn't allow for the marriage supper of the lamb. Uh, it doesn't allow for the marriage of the bride to her groom. Mm -hmm. So and, and a lot of other things, the Bema seat judgment uh, where, where, you know, rewards are meted out for those who've been faithful in service. All of that, uh, I think, it occurs while the Great Tribulation is going on. Right, right. Well, let me get back into it. And this is an interesting one, Lo. We will be judging angels and the world. Wow. <laughs> the Apostle Paul driving home his point that believers should be able to judge among themselves. Come on, guys. If you can't even get judgment right among yourselves, he says, don't you know Saints will judge the world. Hmm. And if the world is judged by you, aren't you even competent to constitute the smallest law courts? Don't you know we shall judge angels? Wow. So if I understand correctly, 
right now, angels have more authority than we do. But yes. after Jesus returns, it will be reversed. Yep. We, we are in Christ. And Christ is the judge of all the universe. And being in him, we get judgment. We, we in a sense, uh, we're like the heir to the king. Uh, we, we stand alongside of him. In the millennium, believers sit in judgment of both the nations who've come out of the great tribulation, uh, but also angels who have sinned by instigating the rebellion against God mm -hmm. and against his Christ. Well, another question that we want to answer is how in the world will we live for a thousand years? Right. It seems like a really long time <laughs> yeah. since the average life stands about what, 75 to 80? Yes. Yeah. How are we going to handle that? Well, believers who have been raptured and all who are part of the first resurrection will have glorified bodies which never age, never need sustenance to live, will have resurrection bodies just like Jesus's resurrection body. Uh, Jesus could eat or not. He didn't have to eat. He could walk through locked doors. He could appear or disappear at will. That, that's a pretty amazing body. And that's the kind of bodies that we'll have. The first resurrection, then, is the raising of all believers. It corresponds with Jesus' teaching of the resurrection of the just and the resurrection of life. So the first resurrection takes place, I believe, in several stages. Mm. First is Jesus Christ himself. He's called the first fruits. Mm -hmm. And he paved the way for resurrection of all believers in him. Then there will be the rapture of living believers, and the resurrection of the dead in mm. Christ when the Lord returns. Okay. So that's phase two. And then the, the resurrection of martyrs at the end of the tribulation mm -hmm. is phase three. And then the Old Testament saints will also be raised at the end of the tribulation. They're mm. part of that first resurrection. Only unbelievers are part of the second resurrection. Mm. They stand before the great white throne to be judged. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So when it says that we will all be raptured, but the dead in Christ shall rise first, does that include Old Testament saints? Uh, that's a really good question. My guess is it does. My guess is it does. I've got them at the end of the, the tribulation, but it may very well be that they're taken up along with all of the, we would say New Testament dead, Right. But, but, but all of those that are dead in Christ uh, will, will rise. Right. Because in my understanding, those who went before us get raptured before us, which just makes sense. It's only fair. And then those of us who are still on the earth living will be raptured second. And then yes. those who become believers during the tribulation go up at the end. Yes. Yeah, I think that that actually makes more sense than mine. So I like that. That when the dead in Christ are raised, so will all the Old Testament saints. I mean, David and Moses and Abraham have been waiting a really long time, Dad. It's only fair. <laughs> right? Okay. <laughs> the I'm last part we want, you're just saying, I know you are. What will his reign be like? Yes. Well, Christ's reign during the millennium would be marked by peace, meaning no more war. Oh, awesome. I mean, we're, we're looking at Ukraine versus Russia. Yep. Uh, we're looking at other little wars all over the globe. Even family, be... family units. Mother oh, against yes. 
father, ch children against their parents, you know, yep. over yep. issues, over political issues. Yeah. So there's there's total peace mm -hmm. on the earth and then longevity, a uh, long life. Uh, we get to to be uh, reigning with Christ for a thousand years and Christ will be on the earth. He will reign out of the temple, as we'll see. We're going to give 11, Methuselah a run for his money, aren't we? Uh, right up there. That's right. Isaiah 11.6 tells us the shocking facts. Listen to this, Lo. And the wolf will dwell with the lamb. The leopard will lie down with the kid. The calf and the young lion and the fatling together. And a little boy hmm. will lead them. Wow. So these are natural predators who become vegetarians. Wow. Yeah. Isaiah 65, 25 says virtually the same truth. Wolf and the lamb shall graze together. <laughs> so these are predators hmm. with their prey who are eating grass. Wow. The lion shall eat straw like the ox, and the dust shall be the serpent's food. Mm -hmm. They shall do no evil or harm in all my holy mountains, says the Lord. And that's Isaiah 65, 25. The serpent's food will be fire and brimstone. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, mm -hmm. Well, Jesus Christ enters the world to reign, and he will reign as king of kings and lord of lords over all the earth for a thousand years, and we shall rule with him. And he will parcel out rule to those who've been faithful during this life. And that's what the Bema Seed is all about. Mm -hmm. The Bema mm -hmm. Seed is not just putting crowns on your head. It's giving you portions of the earth that you will reign over. Wow. Whether it's, whether it's a city, whether it's a county, whether it's a state, mm. whether it's a nation, you will be parceled out and you will reign and you will have a cabinet and there will be others who will reign with you. Mm. And if that seems a little intimidating right now, God will equip you. He will give you everything you need. You will have the Holy Spirit. You will have all the power that you need to do the exact uh, position that God gives you. So yeah. don't be afraid of that. But the first thing we need to address is, do you know Jesus yet as your Lord and Savior? Because that's where this all begins. If you yeah. don't want to be around during um, during the tribulation and when the Antichrist is wreaking havoc on the earth, you need to know Jesus. You need to accept him as your Lord and Savior. And it's simple. You can make that choice today. And it is a choice. It's completely yours. God doesn't force himself, himself on anyone. He wants, in fact, you know, back in um, when he created the earth, he could have made us robots who all just chose him, but he didn't want that. He wanted us to choose him because we love him, because, because we desire to be with him. And that's why he gave Adam and Eve the choice between good and evil. He wanted them to pick him and they made a bad choice. And so he had to redeem us by sending his son. And that's what this is all about. It's about knowing Jesus and being secure in that relationship so that you don't ever have to face the tribulation. You are raptured out of here with the saints and you will be secure and safe in the bridal chamber while God judges the earth for rejecting his son. And you can do that through the ABCs of salvation. A is admit you are a sinner in need of a savior. Romans 3.23 says, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Every single one of us, Jesus was the only sinless human. B is believe in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. John 14, 6, Jesus answered, I am the way, the truth, and the life. 
No one comes to the father except through me. Jesus was fully God and fully human. He's the only one that could pay the way for our sins. And he did that when he died on the cross and then conquered death. And I was thinking about this this morning. They did not take Jesus life. He willingly gave it up. He chose to go to that cross. He could have called down a thousand angels to come rescue him. He had that power. He had that authority, but he submitted himself, went to the cross and he died for you. He died for me. He chose, he gave up his life. No one took it from him. And that is, he did that from a position of strength, not weakness and see his call upon his name. Romans 10, 13 says, whoever calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. All you have to do is submit to him, recognize that you're a sinner and invite him into your life. And he will meet you right where you're at. There's no sin that you've committed. There's nothing that you've done that he can't forgive that he doesn't already know about. That's why he died. He did not come to save the righteous. He came to save the sinners. And every single one of us is a sinner. And so dad, would you lead us through that prayer of salvation? Yeah, I would be honored. Dear Lord Jesus, we come to you humble, recognizing that we are sinners. And we want to be part of that mighty throng that will follow you as you enter in through the golden gate mm -hmm. and take your seat in the temple. And we will be in the court looking upon your glory. And we will be part of those who enter into the Bema seat judgment. And we will receive crowns and we will receive rule with you over all the earth mm -hmm. for a thousand years. Mm -hmm. And uh, beloved listener, I, I would just implore you, if you don't know Jesus personally, Laura's explained it very eloquently. This is your hour. This is your moment. This is your day of salvation. Pray with me. Dear Lord Jesus, I need you. I know now I need you more than I ever have. Mm -hmm. I'm a sinner. I know it. I know I've sinned and disappointed you. I fallen far short of the standard that you have set. And mm -hmm. I deserve hell, but you have saved me by sending your son. And I believe in Jesus. I believe Jesus was your son and that he came to die for sinners like me. And right now I'm calling upon you, Jesus. Mm -hmm. Save me. Save me from hell. Save me for heaven. Save me that I can enter into Jerusalem right behind you through that golden gate and rule with you for a thousand years and then spend eternity with you. That's what I want, Jesus. And I'm asking for that in your name. Amen. Amen. And if you pray that prayer, there's a party going on in heaven and you are the VIP. The angels rejoice in heaven over a sinner who is lost, who comes to repentance and so I just pray that you gave your life to Jesus. And if you already know him, please share this podcast with your friends, with your family members, with your coworkers, because it is our mission with this podcast to share the gospel message at the end of every podcast. And that's what we've committed to do. And that's what we'll continue to do. So please share this. You can find our podcast on many different platforms, and it's easy to share through Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Anchor.fm. You can also find current and past episodes at HopeWellCouncil.com, and there are many other powerful podcasts in this series on who is Jesus Christ. And next week, we're going to talk about Eternity Future, which is a powerhouse podcast, so we're breaking it into two parts. You're not going to want to miss that. 
And then I'm going to close with Revelation 22, 12, which says, Behold, I am coming quickly, and my reward is with me to render to every man according to what he has done. Mm -hmm.